Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, my fan friends, my fine, fine friends. Welcome to uh, the final, possibly ever, recorded in front of an audience in a theatre. Will we ever get back to those heady days? Or will we just have to look back and listen back to this one and remember what our lives used to be like for all time? This one with Ashlyn B., Doing fantastically well. Second time she's been on the show, but uh, in that interim, she's become a global superstar. Lovely, lovely person as well. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one very much. Um, look, we're doing stuff on twitch.tv slash RK Herring pretty much every single day. Stone clearing in the mornings. If you want to see how that stone clearing works and see if I get caught by this Fatone Fatafi. The Stone Stasi, if you don't speak medieval English. I'm doing self-playing snooker as seen on the BBC uh, most evenings at 7.30pm. I'm doing a Rahalastaba every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. You can tune in for free. It's all free. You can, excuse me, see me 
um, commentating and uh, on. Excuse me, I'm burping. How very unprofessional. You can see me commentating, uh, doing director's commentaries, even though I'm not the director of movies on Sunday evenings. And I'm playing games like Civ 2, Football Manager, the original, all sorts of things going on there. You can give me money for that if you want, but it is all free. Uh, you can subscribe and pay money. But if you're an Amazon Prime customer already, you've got £5 every month to give to me. If you go to my YouTube channel, Herring1967, there's a video on there explaining just how you link the accounts and then subscribe. It's quite simple, but it, you have to do it on a browser, not on the app as well. So to make it work and you can we can take Ian Amazon's money and we can build a wall and make him pay for it. That is my we're literally doing that. So it would be good if you uh, were able to spend a little time doing that. But feel free to become a badger or uh, or, or subscribe with money if you if you really want to. Or go to gofasterstripe.com, buy some Trumps or some emergency questions books and that money gets channeled back into making more podcasts as well. So thank you for keeping us going during this difficult time and we will be back and bigger than ever, but it's lovely to be able to continue uh, broadcasting to you. And the Rahalastapas are remotely recorded and working out pretty well. I think you'll get to see from next week when they all come out on this podcast feed. Adam Buxton next week, but let's not talk about next week. Let's talk about this week where I am interviewing in front of an audience, ah, the laughter, the smells, the burgeoning of the coronavirus in one or two of them that would spread and kill the rest of us. I think we're okay. I think I got away with it from that source at least. It's Rahala Stapa with Ashling B. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who has Michael Palin's address and is going to go there to spend Christmas with him because he said he was said it was okay to be said he'd be his dad. It's Richard Herring! Yeah, I'm letting my hair down this week. Different, completely different clothes to last week. Hello! Welcome. You're wonderful. You're much better than last week's audience. Uh, mind you, they were giving standing ovations, actually. You're not as good. Um, welcome to Richard Herring's Latter-day Saints Temple podcast. Uh, it's setting up a new religion. It's quite like the Mormons, but I'm not interested in Jesus Christ like they are. Just, it's quite a specific uh, joke about the Mormons there. Just the latter day, just the latter day. Sa- I realised that latter day saints fitted the LS bit. <laughs> latter day saints. I only like the latter. I don't like the early day saints. They're rubbish. I like the latter day. The ones who came along later, like Mother Teresa. Um, no, okay. <laughs> Though I was shaking my magic eight ball yesterday and I asked it what it called it and it said Rahalastapa. So I don't know if that might catch on. Um, so, yeah, well, we were all uh, still... The tension from last week's podcast is still in the air, even though it was a week ago. What an, ex- what an exciting time. I loved Michael Palin. was lovely, wasn't he? You'd like, you'd like him to be your dad, wouldn't you? He could be all of our dads. That'd be wonderful. Um, uh, I really hope he doesn't... There's a man sneezing in the front row. If he gets the coronavirus and dies... A, he'll be dead already when this goes out. And this will look very poor taste. <laughs> Let's do a funny story. So, uh, I, um, my daughter is at school now. She's five years old. Um, and she's, you know, she's, a, she's a lovely, cheeky, uh, forthright young lady. Um, and uh, I think maybe interested in making people laugh as well. 
Um, I went in and so, oh, nearly always when I go to pick her up, the teacher says, um, oh, she's had an accident in the playground, she fell over, or she, you know, she's, she's always running around, she's quite boisterous and getting stuck into stuff. Uh, she had, she got like a rope burn across her face this day, so I thought this was, and the teacher said, I need to talk to you, so I thought it was that, she'd run into a, uh, a rope of some kind. Um, but then the teacher said, oh yeah, it's not about that, um, I just have to tell you, uh, it's a bit awkward, but uh, we were reading our Jeffrey the Giraffe story to the kids. This, uh, we've been reading about him all week, and it's the culmination, and we just asked all the kids to say one thing about Jeffrey the Giraffe. Um, we got to Phoebe, and Phoebe said, Jeffrey the Giraffe is a wanker. Um, <laughs> which... Um, and she said, and we laughed, because we thought she couldn't have said that, and then we asked again, and she did say that. And that's because I don't say, I oh know, it's really, they're not telling her off, are they? They're telling me off. <laughs> and we don't say that word. We say fuck all the time. She, that night, she, was, she said fucking hell to me as we went to bed. So thank God she didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was an embarrassing. It's embarrassing as a parent, your kid's dobbing you in like that. So uh, she, she, I don't think she knows what it means. Oh, God, I hope not. So uh, it's... Um, <laughs> Anyway, so that's what I think she might. We might be seeing her on stage in uh, 15 to 20 years' time. That is, that is what I'm saying. Uh, let's crack on. Our guest this week, she's probably best known for her part as Elf in <laughs> Inmates. I think that says, can't read my own rating. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ashlyn B. <laughs> Hello. 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 Oh. Um. He was just sat right here a week ago. <laughs> a week ago. <sighs> the remnant stays strong. We were, we were discussing how sexy Michael Palin still is. He's a very virile, sexy, young-looking man. <laughs> virile. Virile. Yeah. Does, what, does, vital, does virile, virile mean like he can still yeah. make children? Yeah, I think he's probably... Okay. I, think he's, I reckon his, sper- his sperm's still sacred. Well, I took a couple <laughs> of it, so we'll know in about uh, 30 days. <laughs> yeah, we'll find yeah. out. Lovely man. Yeah. Um, um, oh god, I have to sit up straight because last time I did this podcast, it was about four years ago, three well, yeah, years ago, four, four, years, years, ago, yeah, four years, ago. years ago. And I'll be honest, I'd had one of those winter breakups. Uh, I knew I was coming to do a podcast, and no offense to the audience, but it felt like it was just going to be us, this, and a microphone. Yeah. And you'd never told me you film every <laughs> fucking uh, podcast. Excuse yeah. my language there, but I mean it. It's okay. Um, and I kind of turned up in my sad woman's outfit. Uh, I didn't take off my cardigan. I think I had snow boots on. There were a free bag of Maltesers or something out the Minstrels back. Minstrels, there were. There were. Yeah. Um, oh, we can still say that. Great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's get back in there. Uh, <laughs> I'm not okay with it. Um, and brought out the bag and just sort of sat here the whole time. And I was like, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then whenever it came out on Twitter, someone was like, oh, I just saw the video of you doing the podcast. And I was like, oh, what's the point of doing a video of a podcast? Like maybe yeah. they show stock images of flowers or something in the background as we talk. <laughs> and then I clicked on it. And bear in mind, like, I've never really watched anything back. I do. And I don't care what I look like when I'm doing comedy. Yeah. But, like, later outside, as just a human lady in the world, you sort of do. And someone had written something underneath it, like, she looks like a woman who's given up or there was something like that. And he was right. Like, that wasn't a mean trolling comment. That was just a fair... I was just like this, sat the whole time. I was like, well, Richard... The way I think about it. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just really concerned about my image and my brand yeah. now. So just sort of. Well, you're looking wonderful. You're looking wonderful. 
Thank you, Richard. Where are the cameras, by the way? Uh, they're there. The, the red lights there. I know you don't, haven't done much TV work, but there's... Oh. Uh... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You've done more TV work in the last two months than I've done in my entire life. So it's... Oh. Yes. I don't know how do... to respond to that. because yeah, you're doing... Uh, last time, you were, you were uh, obviously... You feel like, you, I feel like I'm being attacked No, no, I'm not. Last time, last time I was already saying how amazingly well you're doing, but since you were on, and I, I believe due to being on this podcast... This was my big break. Um, you had just a phenomenal run of stuff happening. I think there was a GoFundMe once they saw how sad I looked on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that they were like, that girl needs a break. Um, yeah, no, it's been a good hour, year and a half, uh, I have to say. I mean, I, work, it's what, so. in, aside from Ramesh Ranganathan, who I think there must be five or six of him to make the to make Dates it work. work. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, done yeah. so many jobs. You can, he's writing sitcoms and being in sitcoms and being in... There must be more than one of him, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's been cloned. But I, think, I can't think of anyone else who's done... As, because you're writing sitcoms, you're appearing sitcoms, you've done pan, lots of panel shows. I mean, and you've been, a, you've been the captain on a panel show for a lot, lot of that time. Yeah, yeah, And you've yeah. been on... You've worked with Paul Rudd. Yeah. You've kissed Paul Rudd. Yeah, I have. Just stuck my tongue in there. Went, <laughs> What's your secret to your youth? <laughs> ah, will I get it out? Um, yeah, it's a very, it's an uncomfortable situation to sort of have uh, as, because uh, I'm a triple threat in terms of shame and not liking compliments and that I'm an Irish Catholic woman. So I'm like, <laughs> it's hard to refute things. But yeah, no, it has been a good, um, but it's not everything, lads. Success and everything. But it bloody is in some circles. <laughs> um, uh, money isn't everything, guys. As I told my driver of my Porsche, I said to him, Enrico, uh, no, um, uh, yeah, it's been good. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how to react. I no, suppose, but it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's, 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 you know, it's not, I, mean, I, I kind of expected yeah. it. I wouldn't have had you on if I didn't think you were going to be huge. But you, uh, it's good for later on when, you know, when you become famous, then the podcast gets hits. Yeah. So it's, uh, well, the last the time I, I was here, he didn't get me to sign his book, and that was four years ago. <laughs> and this time he was like, actually, when you saw my book, and I'm like, oh, the last time you didn't think I was going to come back. I, bet. I, bet. I haven't got them anymore because they get given away to people. So whoever's got oh. that one, check and see if Ashlyn uh, signed it. I think it was the same day that it's the same audience that Ian Boldsworth, when he was Ray Peacock, had those two crazy women who shouted at him in the audience. I yeah. think it was the same day. There were some shouty ladies. It was ladies. a Sunday afternoon. It was a very, it was a bad audience. I'm going to tell you, you're much better than that audience. I listened to the whole podcast <laughs> today. It's, re- it's really funny, and the audience is just going, Maybe well, it's just I, your body I think language. they were just worried about yeah, me. Maybe. I genuinely think people were worried about me. I was really like, oh, God. Um, I was putting out those vibes, like just watching a woman in a cardigan eat minstrels in a couch <laughs> going, we've paid for this. We've paid money for this. Um, but yes, uh, I, uh, in terms of how one deals with the stress of work, though, uh, it's coming out through my teeth. Right. I just, in case at any point my eyeballs start flailing, I'm on quite a lot of painkillers because I had a big tooth taken out today. A back molar. Oh, that's nice. Well, show a lot of sympathy, why don't you? <laughs> I had a tooth taken out today. Oh, no, please, I'm a strong woman. I don't need your pity. Um, but, yeah, I've been basically, guys, grinding too hard. No. You're welcome. Um, and, uh, <laughs> all right, later show. Wouldn't have got that out of Palin. Um, I, uh, yeah, I've been grinding too hard, says the doctor, and... Um, uh, managed to grind the tooth away. Well, in yeah, your yeah. sleep. Practice. Yeah, in yeah. my sleep. I do that. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. My bad tooth is from where I grind my teeth in my, in my sleep. And have you had to wear a mouth guard? No. Oh, because they put a mouth guard on me now, and I swear to God, looking at myself in the mirror, for, I'm going to sleep in my mouth guard, I'm like, this is the end, this is the bad bit. 
sexy. I always kind of wondered about that because if you are like dating or you know, yeah, and then you've got to do something like that as part of your bedtime routine. At what point do you do you put it in before you make love with someone and then do you fall asleep? <laughs> Or would you wait for them to fall asleep? And well, 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 will he put some music on? Because <laughs> she ready. And she ready to go. <sighs> some guys like that kind of stuff. Actually, I bet they would. Certainly <laughs> it's a yeah. mouth guard for your teeth. I don't know. I yeah, don't okay. know. It's gotten a lot hornier than I thought it would, if I was honest, when I was shopping to Palin here. How's, how's it descended so quickly into mm. being so disgusting? It's almost like I've been holding back for a week. <laughs> <laughs> being on my best behaviour. The tie came off and then that was it. That was it. It's the evil. What is it like? What, like Can you're... I stop for a second to do yes. a big thank you to you? Oh, what? Can I? No. Uh, so I'm sure all of you know this. Yesterday's International Women's Day. Um, yes, imagine just the ladies there and all the men were like, not about fucking me, mate, though, was it? I'm not going to whip. But they got their day and now it's mine again. Um, yesterday was International Women's Day. There we go. And uh, uh, every year a load of uh, men and women tweet and go, well, we have to go up on International Men's Day. And Richard takes his whole day to reply to them with November the 19th. And also has managed... How much did you raise for Refuge, the domestic violence charity? Go on, Richard. It was about £75,000. £75,000 you raised yesterday for Refuge. It's a lot of goddamn cash for services that have been cut. So that is a... You were my little hero yesterday, uh, Richard, as you were... It's it's over. We might talk a bit sort of around that uh, issue later, but I'm I'm going to try and um, do something to... to, uh, push men the thing that annoys me most about it and it's you know it's annoyed me for a while i've been doing it for over nine i did it in 2012 first of all as well mm-hmm. as, as it's it nine times i've done it um and this time it just really struck me how babyish these guys i mean it's they they ask for international men's day but they're not grown up enough to celebrate <laughs> for men's day yeah. and i'm not even into like you've got to be you know you've got to be you've got to uh, I'm, I, th- I like men being sensitive and i like men talking about what they feel but it's that mm-hmm. kind of this it's so whiny and it's so pathetic and they're coming up with new things now like going but international men's day isn't recognized by the un <laughs> yeah, oh yeah that's that's very important to me and to have the un would have a party if yeah. the un don't say that something's a thing then i it's, what's the <laughs> fucking point like that guy would care and someone's going someone came and said and oh, no, this is towards the end when i kind of slightly lost it i like to traditionally lose it but it's sort of mainly genuine a guy said, the difference between International Men's Day and International Women's Day, and he went to Google, and on International Women's Day, there's a Google Doodle, and on International Men's Day, there isn't one. And I went, oh, didn't you get your little doodle, mate? Didn't your mummy not give you a doodle? You pathetic little prick. Um, so and it would be nice. I mean, all I'd really like to, to have done to achieve with this, and I knew it was impossible, and that's sort of the joke, which I think a lot of people don't really get. The joke is that, ultimately, I've, I've set myself an impossible task that just... Reflect, you know, yeah. self-defeating, and at the end of well, the day, well, you haven't I'm... though because it raises money, so it doesn't well, matter. That's... So it raises such a genuine, uh, ch- uh, life-changing amount of money for the charity. My favourite one yesterday that you did though was someone had added in Michelle Obama, uh, and you were like, <laughs> and you were like, she, I think she's got a few more things to do than reply to you today, <laughs> mate. And then you replied on her behalf, just like, like well, so many, um, so many of them are Greta Thunberg and uh, Beyonce. People, loads of men finding these women tweeting about it and then just getting in on yeah. it. But I think it would be nice to try and actually... Because if you can, if all you really want to do is to stop men... Say, you can talk about it any other day. It's just yeah. that one day. Don't talk about it on that one day. Mm. 
uh, but they don't talk about it on any other day. So I'm going to try and work towards something else. On November the 19th, towards. you could have a party and then start, like, trolling the UN. <laughs> Why don't you see us? I could do, yeah. Why don't yeah. I go to the UN on November the 19th? Say, yeah. When are you going to have a party it? outside? When, when will you recognise this? When will you recognise anyway, it? Anyway. It's, yeah. I'm very glad it's over. It was quite... It was a lovely feeling to... Uh, do, a... I sent a last one where I said to the last guy, you're now in charge of this. <laughs> and then he deleted his tweet. <laughs> and, uh, and then I just deleted, on my uh, tweet deck, I just deleted these three. I had International Men's Day, International Men's, without an apostrophe in it, International Man's. I had all the different versions of it. Yeah. National Man's. And I just deleted them all, and it felt so wonderful for it to be over for me. Yeah. But uh, if only it was so easy to get rid of sexism. <laughs> We'll leave you with that, guys. This has been the Richard Herring Podcast. Good night. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, like, well, it's quite an exciting thing in terms of you're going over to... I mean, you're working a lot in the UK as well, but you're going over to America and working quite a lot. I was listening to you, I think, maybe on Scribius Pips uh, podcast, which you did a couple of years ago, I yeah. think. Um, but you've got this kind of lifestyle. It may have changed now. In that time, you were saying you were going over to America and doing the auditions and doing that whole circuit. Yeah. And, not making any money there, but making enough money here to cover it to one. I'm sure that's changed because you're now getting work over there as well. But what it's sort of interesting to... I think it's interesting when I get a guest back, so someone like Tim Minchin we had back a couple of times, but like to see his career change and then see whether he's changed. He has. He's become awful. Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> but it's because it's, it's, you know, it's actually that next level. So when you are working with Paul Rudd and you're a very down-to-earth, you know... No I'm sorted off, mate. You're no nonsense. I'm just a humble starter, You're, genuinely. I can't, ima- I can't imagine you like changing into a different thing than you are, you know what I mean? But if you're working with Paul Rudd are you, and you're acting alongside Paul Rudd in this great, great show on Netflix... Yeah, but Paul's just like another comedy person as well. Yeah. I suppose that's the thing. Like, I don't think you can... If you jump too far, especially working in comedy, if you jump too far away from your own life, you end up having nothing to talk about or being weird. Like, you, you do always end up like trying to find the laugh and that's what keeps you going like it's something funny yeah um so paul's the same like paul is like a, a i was actually it was roisin said that roisin Connery, who i'm assuming sorry I'm just, my, my jumper just flew in front of me <laughs> and i saw that i was like sorry <laughs> um like a cat um getting distracted but uh roisin was saying this i i was i trained as an actor for years and i was an actor for years and she was like i'm an actor but my people are comedians and uh, I think when you find your people, and I was talking uh, about with pals about this on Saturday, like when did you sort of stop being incredibly lonely? And like one of my friends had found school very hard and university very hard and maybe only later found his tribe. And to find your tribe is, is a lovely feeling, to feel like you're not on the outside or trying so hard with people. And um, I'd, you know, been in sketch comedy groups and all sorts and went to university and, but still always felt like a bit too much or a bit extra. And uh, we then went to drama school. And I remember being backstage at, at, at like, theatre sort of uh, crowds who are their own tribe. And even when I'm working with actors, I'll find the person who feels like a comedian yeah. or a comedy person and, and you don't feel weird or odd so Paul's definitely in the okay. comedy group but it's still like he's you know he's a major star that you'll have grown up watching him only because he's been going for about 400 years he looks yeah looks 35 but he's you know he's in no he's 807 you yeah. see him yeah. In, yeah. when you see him you can see him earlier and earlier he's in is he in 
Oh no, he does that joke where he's in. He pretends he's in Mac and Me too, but he's, he's in that. He's in that. <laughs> no, sometimes I would go up to the freezer they keep him in, and I'd knock politely. I'd, I'd open it up, and I'd say, "Paul, um, what's your secret?" Uh, but I suppose I mean it's yeah. not like you have. It's not like it's your first job, and you obviously worked with lots of famous people before. But it sort of is that having come from yeah, Ireland, do you know having come from the UK, weird, it's the I suppose because I'm not into Marvel movies, the Ant Man uh, kind of world, I suppose, shifted him yeah. into a different world. But before that, a lot of the movies he's in are an American version of like the comedy gang, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And there's a great sense of camaraderie with all kind of comedians, and, and we all kind of cross over with each other. But that just brings a whole different, like the level of people who come up and know him but I suppose that the type of people I work with I suppose I become like their secretaries because a lot of them are really cool and so I always get asked like can you send something to me for Paul, for Paul Rudd can you can you give something to Phoebe Waller-Bridge can you give something to Sharon you're like yeah yeah, yeah okay fine um yeah they're all very cool cool the cool dudes yeah but you're going you know you're hanging out in LA you're going to showbiz parties showbiz you, parties non-stop guys yeah yeah I mean yeah see- do you know what it is I'm, I'm sort of sitting to like today if you just see, maybe this is what I'm finding odd. Today, um, I, I got up, and because of the antibiotics for my <laughs> infected gum, I've had no energy. And Tato, this is like my, the showbiz thing that happened to me, Tato, the Irish crisps, which I'll be honest, until I moved to England, someone said, oh, is that because of potato? And I was like, no, that's got nothing to do with it. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ! Genuinely, it was just a brand uh, to me. And but they're trying to like shift their new flavors for St. Patrick's Day. And normally I'd be like, don't send me anything. I'm not going to be one of those people. But they sent me a hundred bags of crisps in a box on Friday. And they're the only thing I've eaten all weekend. <laughs> and they're delicious. Um, and uh, I've only eaten crisps all day because I just wasn't arsed because of the antibiotics okay. cooking for myself. So I've eaten bacon and cabbage crisps all day long. Then at 12 p.m., a doctor or a dentist even, like, got in, yanked my tooth out. I wasn't able, so I was just mushing up crisps in my mouth all day. Like, I hadn't washed my hair since Saturday. Um, And then eventually, at 6.30, I got in the shower and was like, I better get in in time so I can get a selfie with Palin. I put on some makeup. I'm kind of allergic to wool, but I really like this jumper. I was concerned about how I'd look if they film it again. So I'm quite itchy. So when you're like, this showbiz lifestyle, you're like, yeah, the showbiz lifestyle. If you'd seen my day. Yeah, I suppose there is, and I had it growing up, like America feeling like this, like, oh, that's the thing. That's the, I suppose over the last five years, because of the presidency and everything, America, I felt like I got love you, more of a soother place. And you can see it backstage at gigs. I kind of started going out to America to try and get work about six or seven years ago. And a lot of it, most of what I was doing was like becoming broke and um, gigging and being a stand-up. And you could, I've just been able to really viscerally see the change backstage. Because one of my favourite things in the world is being backstage at stand-up gigs. Because like, there's quite a nice little community with comedians. And the difference of being like, there's this guy and he's running for the Republican Party. Ah, ha, 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 ha. He's from The Apprentice. To like, oh my God, he's gotten through. To he's not going to be the candidate. To, oh my God, he's a president. And that feeling backstage <laughs> has just become more angry and despondent. And Jesus Christ. Um, and so that's maybe what America has been... Right. For me, as opposed to the sort of... Being exciting. Yeah, yeah, when I first started going out, I was like, oh, Jesus, look at this, cool. And there's a balcony where, you know, Julia Roberts decided to stop being such a prostitute and to give him all the sex for free. <laughs> Ooh. Um, uh, that LA showbiz story. It could be me one day. Um, 
Uh, and so, no, that's not uh, a joke because I pay them now. Um, but uh, yeah, but, uh, so yeah, it's just a, it's it's always that thing of on the outside things looking a certain way. But yeah. you know, but it's, I think the, it wasn't really when I was a, when I was starting out. Going the idea of going to America didn't really yeah. wasn't really a thing. Whereas whereas it seems to be a lot of people going out to the you know the, a lot of it is, comedians. I, are going do you know what I States. love about being in the states a little bit? And I, maybe I already have this mentality because I, I'm an immigrant. So may, and you haven't lived anywhere as an immigrant, have I you? Haven't. And there's something about that decision and the leap to do that that gives you a little bit of ballsiness, maybe, of like, I could do it again. I did it this far. Yeah. And to suddenly go, oh, I'm on English television. Ah, the English. They'll put me on their telly. Then why not the next leap? And I remember there's something... I would recommend everyone to just travel or try to live somewhere else if you can, even for, like, three weeks or a month. Um... Just because to come home, it just opens up your mind and you just travel. You can travel the world in many ways, I suppose, by just chatting to all sorts of different people. But it makes you realise everyone is just, you know, Paul Rudd still needs a poo. Everyone needs, you know, (laughs) like it just makes you think, oh, no, that's why not me. And I think that's maybe where, um, like, I'm definitely inspired by Sharon, Sharon Horgan, who I work with a lot, is that she has that element of like, well, why not us, though? What makes me such a piece of shit by comparison? And so why not? Why not that? And I think sometimes it's just lifting off that hat of possibility that can open up your world. And uh, yeah. And you've always been a, a writer as well, right? You've always. So, that, I mean, it is having that. I think like a lot of actors don't have yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and you've got being a comedian as well. And obviously, being a comedian involves some writing, but yes. you've got all those different ways of going and doing stuff. And I've been like so thankful for that because I don't know if I'd have been able to survive on just the work of an actor or just the work of a, a stand up yeah. for a while. So that's like, yeah, that is. Um, but that's maybe the di- the difficult bit of balancing it all has been a little bit of a. Um, yeah, and had, so you've, you're you're doing another series. I, I don't. It's not it's Sharon's. Let it slip. I'm not. Oh, sure I know. It, yeah. yeah. When does this go out? Uh, no, it'll be April. So ah, yeah, grand. If they don't let me say it by April, yeah. I mean we're already trying to. I'm not already trying to write. <laughs> so it. You're, you're single's yeah. this way up. Yes. Uh, and it's sort of about. Please some... watch it if you haven't watched it. It's my baby, and I put a lot of effort into it. It's still on all four. Yeah. To watch. It's it's about someone coming through a breakdown breakdown and yes. with a and it was it was based on me after doing your right. podcast and seeing myself was it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see all the minstrels you ate during uh, it was just heart one episode was just the footage from this podcast <laughs> that's the saddest thing I've ever seen without any of the chat underneath <laughs> how long because I you know I, I'm I, I'm a writer as well and it's again it just when you're doing all these other things you're doing the panel mm. shows and you're doing the acting and other things. How are you finding time to write? It's really hard. It's the thing I hate doing the most. I think because I pickled myself in writing the show in that I write it on my own. And that's a really lonely experience. Because normally with with stand-up, if you write on your own during the day, that night you come on stage and you're with someone or you're backstage or whatever, but you get to kind of show your work for the day and you get a reaction and then you're like, yeah, okay, I can tell whether that's a failure or not. With the show, I was kind of writing it on and off for about nine months on my own. I was writing in the evening as we were filming Living With Yourself, which is the show I did with Paul Rudd. And uh, we would do like 13-hour days on that. And sometimes you're like, well, maybe I don't feel like writing today. But suddenly it's been paid for. Scripts are being waiting for casting and for actors and for production to find sets. and, And it's a big girl's job. All of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, if I don't feel like writing today someone doesn't get to do their job. Yeah. It's, got, it's quite a large responsibility. It is. Um, and a lonely one, because 
then we, you know, we did the table read and that went quite well. And I was like, okay, and then you film it. But everyone has to be nice to you when you're on set and go, it's a really good script. And you're like, mm, is everyone blowing smoke up my arse? I don't know. And then until it comes out and people start watching it. So that's like a, a good year and a half yeah. to be constantly worried that you've made a terrible mistake, I suppose. Nish Kumar um, has a picture of me, Nish and uh, Amy Annette, who's a stand-up and his girlfriend, came over for New Year's Eve to New York and I'd spend Christmas in New York uh, typing away because I, there was no time to kind of go back um, over Christmas. And um, I had to get it in before we went to see Mike Birbiglia, who's an amazing uh, US stand-up. He's got a, a couple of specials on Netflix. Um, but we wanted to see his show. And Nish has a picture of me, because the deadline was due in, of my laptop on a bollard outside the theatre <laughs> with my glasses on down to my nose here, typing the final edit, making sure there were no typos. He's like, Beaver, look at this and it was a mad laugh. And uh, he's a picture of me trying to send it in before I could go and have a bit of uh, a yeah. laugh. So, yeah, it's not that that bit is the hardest bit. I think, yeah. Of the well, writing. I find that as well. The, the, it's, I, I'm very last minute, but it was also the shame of letting everyone down. Yes. It's more so in a TV thing. Obviously, there's you know, hundreds of people waiting yeah. for your script. Shame has motivated me more than yeah. joy, which is, uh, yeah, don't get into comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's sort of weird now because, so, because of the way people ingest, digest, eat. <laughs> entertainment mm-hmm. you know you come out with a series and it's very hard to get any kind of mass audience for it isn't it mm. to break through so even if you've got a couple of series of something yeah that breakthrough moment where it becomes something that everyone's talking about everyone knows about is very that's the hard thing to get to yeah now. and the momentum of it and even like when i'm in other shows i don't feel the pressure to kind of say watch it but literally you do start going oh if if you want it to go again and again people are working for you please please watch the show and you just become that person yeah but it's also so it's quite satisfying but the the lonely bit of it is when you make something on your own is that and I, I didn't make it on my own I had loads of support Sharon's absolutely amazing and she's great but the, being the sort of face of something yeah. is that on one hand you're like yay but on the other hand there's not always someone to share the thing with mm-hmm. um, which can have its downfalls like with stand-up as well when you're on stage on your own you know yeah it's the same thing yeah. I feel like I should end up with a joke so people don't get bummed no, out no it's okay we'll I'll do. sing I've okay. no um, I'll stop yeah it's okay. We'll, I'll ask you some stupid questions in a minute. Ooh. Hey, I didn't ask you what what Elf in Inmates was. We didn't talk about. Oh being yeah. Elf. What is what was that? I fucking forget. I got <laughs> off Wikipedia. It might not be real. It's, um, no, it is. It, it was brings, a pilot. Yes. Oh, it's called Inmates with two ends. Yeah. Because it was mates, and it was set in an inn. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I was called Elf, and I don't know why. I wasn't an elf. I was a woman. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was... Do you know... Yeah, I don't... Interrupt me, Richard. You've done quite a lot of You've done, like... Do, are you, are you, that year, I did, like... I felt like a woman on a ship. I felt like if you put me into a pilot, which is, like, the first test episode of a show, it definitely wouldn't go. It was bad luck. Because I did about eight of them, and I kept on... I've, I was like, the one common thread between all of these failed things is me. Maybe I'm the problem. But it's, that's what's crazy. You know, the whole thing about this is crazy. The number of scripts that get written that don't even get made. Yeah, the number of scripts that get a pilot, and then the pilot nothing comes with. All this stuff. Yeah. And there's, so there's, you know, there's obviously... There's, a, there's some luck involved in whether, mm. you, whether the thing goes forward. But it's, you know, the, the, a different universe... My sitcom's all about that didn't get made. Uh, you know, the, a different a different shows. The one that, that that came through is kind of just freaky. Isn't yeah, it? well, the even like doors, um, it's great. I mean, I've talked about this before, but yeah. um, uh, Dairy Girls. Sharon and I were working on a pilot, an episode, 
uh, or a show um, called Delilah for two years. Um, and then Channel 4 rang to say, we've got this other one set in Ireland about a group of women, so we don't really think we should have two ones set in a group of women. And I'm like, fuck, it'll never work! And that was Derry Girls, uh, which is my favourite comedy. Um, but I was so sad because we'd worked in it for so hard. I was like, right, I'm going to go off and write something else on my own then. What about this? And they were like, yeah, that, and that was this way up. Yeah. And then Delilah, recently we turned it into a pilot and we sold it in America. So we made that in September and that didn't go. HBO Max said no to it. So now we're ferrying that around again. But like, so I, think, I think it's just maybe, I, I read this thing about like success and success isn't really success. It's just like graft and the ability to go, right, let's go again. Yeah, Not get too knocked down by it. It is, it is. it's very hard. I think that is, it's the, it's, I think you talk about there's something else, but it's... Yeah, having the, yeah, just having the grit to carry on. You know, it's. Yeah. It, I believe me. I know. I know about that. I, I managed to carry on with no successes at all. That, that is, Richard, the, is the most impressive thing ever. I won't have you talk about yourself that way, girlfriend. I'm serious. I wrote some new emergency questions. Did you, Richard? Yeah. For this well, you had a great day then, didn't uh, you? This is my new emergency question. Imagine it was bread. Make sure to get it. <laughs> Over the last few months, I've watched every episode of How I Met Your Mother. What is the most degrading thing you've done to yourself? <laughs> For no apparent reason. <laughs> I got to the point where I just had to... I'd started it. Yeah, Hated on, it from the going. beginning. I hated it. And maybe it's just partly because you have to find out how he met the mother. Maybe it's just that. Yeah. But how maybe, did he meet the mother? It's fucking nine series long, 22 yeah. episodes. It's like a hundred and something episodes. It's the wor- generally the worst thing I've ever seen. Start to finish. Some people go, oh, the first few series are good. No, the first few series are shit. <laughs> it's hollow. It's a, it looks like it's okay, but if you just tap at you, it's hollow. The theme music, hollow. It's like, it sounds like a song, but it isn't. Yeah. It's just you tap it. Oh, that isn't the song. Oh, this is, these aren't characters. This isn't real. There's no jokes in this. It's awful. The main character is a, basically a rapist. And, is this uh, how I met your mother? Yeah. I hope that's not how he met her. No, he just... Oh the main God. character is quite is a supposedly nice guy, but his friend is this Lothario, mm, played by Doogie Howser, MD. It's very confusing. It's very bad, uh, so I don't know why I did it. Have, you ever, is, done, have is, you ever got into something like that that you feel you have to, you have, you have to carry on with it? I, this weekend, and I'm not sure if it's the antibiotics, I typed the word secrets into Netflix, and I got back a whole host of um, the secrets of Selfridges, the secrets of King Henry VIII's Hampton Court, <laughs> yeah. the secrets of MI6. I bloody watched them all. Right. <laughs> a lot of very well-known information. That's what the show should be called. <laughs> MI6 is a large building in the middle of London. Ooh! Does anyone else know? How did you get this information, lads? Um, to be fair, if the secrets of MI6 were on YouTube or on Google, that would be quite bad. Yeah. You know, you'd, I mean, you'd hope MI6 would find them. Exactly. It sort of felt like a sort of um, <laughs> a contradiction of terms. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe that this weekend. Yeah. I can't think before that. Yeah. I mean, I do... I do loads of stuff that makes me feel terrible about I've, my, yeah. I've just got that personality where I have to see something through. If I decide to do something... To the end. To through, yeah. It was really hard. Yeah. Um, and they, You've been so brave, though. They, I, I have. <laughs> it's interesting, because I watched Flatliners the other day. What's that? It's the 1990s film. Um, 
about there's people. A really, uh, that's the most reaction on mass that there's Julia been Roberts for anything. Julia Roberts is in it. And she's not a prostitute. She's a medical student or something like that. And they're all trying to. I don't know who she is, so what you just said is mad to me. Julia Roberts. Oh, Julia Roberts. I heard Julie Roderts. I was like, I bet you she's an old East End actress that an English person knows. Keith Sutherland. Kiefer, yeah. Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. And so they kill themselves, they they deprive themselves of oxygen or whatever, clearly kill themselves to find out what happens after you die. Oh, yeah. In that film, Billy Baldwin. Had a very. uh, Alex Baldwin's brother looks very like him. Had a very. Good early career. He looks like a bad seaside sketch of Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like Alec Baldwin, like that. He's now. If you look at his CV, which I did after seeing him, this the first three or four films are really good, and then straight to video. Kind of, they're just like if you were come up come up with parody names for films that weren't a success. <laughs> they were Billy Baldwin's in, and I've seen a couple of them. Um, but Billy Baldwin plays a character who has filmed all of his girlfriends having sex with him, and then when he dies, they're all com- when he, they're all coming to get him as ghosts, saying, "Why did you film me secretly?" So even in 1990, they knew that was a bad thing. In How I Met Your Mother, Doogie Howser films all his girlfriends having sex, and it's kind of a funny joke. <laughs> and it's and you yeah. think you think, oh, this this sitcom must be from 1973 when uh, when we, <laughs> we had yeah. no it's from 2014 it finished in that's there six, now yeah. we were doing this podcast almost when <laughs> last do you know you I had this kind of mad stage where I have a tendency to forget to leave the house sometimes <laughs> um, and I had a mad stage where I was convinced uh, not the house I live in now the house before um, I say that so the neighbour now doesn't think it's him <laughs> um, oh no you're filming we're me filming. so you can see my then that bit was a joke. <laughs> but I had this idea that the man upstairs, because I'd watched some CSI where this was possible, had drilled a hole in the ceiling that was so small, but you could put a camera on the hole and still manage to film the whole room, my bedroom. Yeah. And I was sort of convinced it was happening. And I, I sort of got into a bit of self-hate about it because I realised on one hand I was like, no, don't film me. But on the other hand I was like, well, better put on a show for upstairs. <laughs> Taking off my clothes at night. And then like about a couple of weeks later, um, uh, he told me he was going to heaven in Soho when I met him in the street and he was gay. And I was like, there's no way he is in any way filming me through a hole in my ceiling other than to watch someone badly dance around a room. <laughs> and um, I just realised, like, for about a week, I was kind of undressing on my own yeah. to the ceiling. Yeah. For no... Re- like, yeah, that was a... How you managed to write a sitcom about someone having a breakdown and coming we, back... We from, never who knows? Know. Who knows? Complete fiction, of course, Richard. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay. Um, I've got another new emergency question. This is one I asked Michael Palin last week. Please. If you could have any author... Oh, yes, last week. Have any... <laughs> Stop. Um... If you could have any author in, like, audiobooks. I've got into audiobooks, and it's Ooh, nice, it was nice audiobook. having Michael Palin read his book to me. Yeah. But if you could have an author from the past or before audiobooks existed, which author would you like to read their own work to you via audiobook who does not exist? Good oh, question. God, yeah. Michael Palin chose, like, Cicero. That's, I wasn't expecting oh, that. Oh, that's such a Palin answer. It is. Like, that's a real <laughs> Cicero. You're like, you haven't read Cicero. That's like James <laughs> Joyce. No one's actually read it. It's just thick, so everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's real good, just because he got through so many pages of typing. Yeah. Um, Don't you dare take the piss out of my dad. (laughs) Like Cicero, really? Yeah. Um, I would like to hear... Who do you think would be good? Jesus, read the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be good, because he'd go, I didn't do that. That never happened. Because also his English wouldn't be that good because of where he's from. So it'd be really slow. And then he... Sorry. I... Took the... Fish. Fish! Fish! And lowers. What is a lowers? Why don't you just say bread then? Um, yeah, that would be my... That question is resulting in more impressions of historical characters than I had anticipated. <laughs> Let's see who comes up next week. Um, the, I'm just seeing what else I've got in the back here. Uh, what, who is the most famous person you've asked to dance? Oh! Famous person you've asked to dance. Do you know what? Fine. I'm going to do a showbiz story now because you're Great. so hell-bent on showbiz. I am. So this is a showbiz story and I'm so joyful about it because it was all so joyful. This Christmas, um, I went to Bill Murray's Christmas party. Yes. Ooh. Oh, you did a boo-woo for that, but not a big awe for my tooth. <laughs> you're so showbizy. Um, but, and it was so exactly... Because I don't know if you know this about Bill Murray, but he's sort of like notorious for being like quite artsy despite being so famous uh, he I, I, as far as i know he doesn't have an agent he just ring his house phone and ask him to be in stuff and he'll go okay i'll be in that and he sort of like um pops up in people's selfies and turns up at house parties like he's just a very well known to be like yeah. a sort of gorgeous good um oddball in a way and his house is so odd and weird and cool <laughs> and um I went with my friend who uh, knows loads of people and Paul was there as well. And on the, um, his house looks like a sort of run down, uh, like odd 
barn in that there's kind of carnations running like like hanging from the place and everyone looks like Bill Murray and you realise his nine or ten brothers are there um, and uh, the, my favourite thing was you know these things called Roombas they're robot hoovers that just go around hoovering on their own so they're just like little circular robots and yeah. they, he had two of those and there were cut out ice skating figures really badly gaffer taped them so there's all <laughs> these ice skating figures just like going wherever the Roombas went all around this dance floor at the party and they were just badly homemade done but it was glorious and so and he was just really into the music and he was dancing away and so I was dancing kind of near him and I was kind of like eh and I was a bit like a creep at a party trying to be like just so one day maybe someone could ask me who I've danced with so, and, and he just loves dancing and he was in great form so I was like yeah. eh oh <laughs> and sometimes he'd acknowledge me like you're all right I don't know who you are because I wasn't really invited I crashed his party yeah so maybe it was just that. him and his brothers and you yeah, yeah, I know. And they were like, who are you? I'm like, Mary Murray! Um, <laughs> so yeah, Bill Murray. It was so pretty good. glorious. Because he's one of those people who just... He, is, he was exactly how I wanted him to be. He was warm and kind and nice yeah. and odd. And the house was weird and sort of had... Uh, yeah, so th- that that'd be my that was my highlight of last year actually. Good answer. Yeah. Who's the most famous person you've ever been act- in a lift with that you didn't get into the lift with? Oh, for creepy reasons. No, no just oh, that you got in a lift and they were in the lift. Imagine like that the difference between a male comedian answering and a female comedian answering is like why? Oh, like a rapist. Um, who which famous? You got in the lift and then near? someone else God, is in so the money. lift. Um, Say that again. So you've got in a lift and or someone else has got... You're in a lift and someone else gets in, but you, you didn't get in the lift with the person, but it's a famous person. Because I didn't want to be in the lift with no, the person. No, I just... You're in a lift. No need to shout at me, Richard. I'm your fucking question. Um, sorry. I just had to know the context. Yeah, I'm just saying, who's the... I haven't got it written down. I'm just trying to remember the exact Well, word. you can tell you haven't um, written down because you haven't thought it through properly, Richard. Who's the most famous person you've ever been in a lift with that you didn't get in the lift with? That's not the question, but that's the... But I just don't understand why I wouldn't get in the lift. <laughs> because lifts, we will get in the lifts when other people are in lifts. What? <laughs> this will be another clip for like two people having a break time. <laughs> Is it going down and I want to go up? Is it that I'm scared of no, the person? No, so you've got in a lift. I know. I got. And then the doors open, someone else gets in, and it's someone who's famous. Yeah but you didn't get in the lift with them. What? It could even be you both got in the lift, but you didn't go in together. <laughs> I got in a lift with Billy Connolly, but we didn't get in the lift together. I mean, we did go in together, but Is we this didn't. a riddle? Do I but get something in the end? <laughs> I got in a lift and Billy Connolly was in the lift, and then we went up a floor together in the lift. Are you going to ask worked. me to count how many people but were there we by the time you got to the top? What is this? In the lift. It's the question, who's the most famous person you've ever been in a lift with? No. No. Because you've probably been in a lift with Paul Rudd, and that wouldn't count because you went in with him. <laughs> Why is it so difficult? Who is the most famous person I've ever been in a lift with that I didn't get into the lift with? Yeah. <laughs> that you weren't with when you got in the lift. How is that? Does that make I've sense? only ever been in bungalows. Now can we move on? <laughs> oh, I take <man>. the stairs. <laughs> Rebecca Front won't get in a lift, so it's not a good question for her. She's uh, she's uh, scared of lifts. Yeah, well, scared of what's that? Who I she might meet in them? Not that. 
She won't. She won't get lifted. They, they made that her character in uh, the thick of it. Wouldn't get lifted as well. Oh really? Yeah. Liftphobia. Yeah. Or claustrophobia. Claustrophobia is that ah. it? Agrophobia. Yeah. Francophobia. Anglophobia. Anglophobia. Scared of English people. Yeah. yeah. No, that can be no one. Nobody could be. There. <laughs> I watched your Netflix special. You got a fifteen-minute Netflix special. I You're do. part of the comedy lineup. Yes. Good, isn't it? <laughs> thanks. Watch that, it's I good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, that's, but that, I mean, it's, it's exciting, isn't it, getting a Netflix special? Yeah, that was, that was really, yeah, that was really cool. Because also it was, um, it's just that thing of feeling a little bit like, oh, God, me too. That was a version of the, like, oh, God, yeah. there, me, me as well from over here. But again, everyone on the lineup is people I'd gigged with, and it was like a lovely little, right. 15 felt manageable. It felt sort of mildly humble but ambitious all at the same time, yeah. you know? It's um, sort of a nice because it's sort of like a yeah. comedy set yes. you know, that you would get. So you can make, you make your own comedy club out of that series and watch three, three or four of them, and that's a comedy night. That's a comedy night, and it also yeah. felt more manageable than so in America, like in stand up, you'd go to a gig, and here you'd never really see anyone do five minutes. People are like, oh god, maybe they had to vomit and they left. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so a standard set would be ten to fifteen minutes, twenty, thirty, depending on where in uh, the ladder you are, I suppose. But in America, everything's five minute spots. And um, and I find that really, like, I don't know if you've noticed, guys, but I'm a little bit chatty. <laughs> um, so sometimes I'm like, hi, God, I'm Ashling. And they're like, how is that five minutes already? And so it's time to leave. So 15 felt a bit more like a nicer yeah. stretch of time to chat for. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and is that going to, could it lead to it now, a special, or is it? Yeah, yeah. I, it's just like, what, what, I think when uh, you just, I'd just like it to be good, and I feel like at the moment I just, I'm trying to gig for myself. But you could do one of your Edinburgh shows or something like that, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I could. I just want to, I'd want to polish it up and do it right. Yeah. I think if I felt like I had a whole hour out there, like I'd want to make it good. Like I want to, and if you do too many things, something will give. Yeah. So something won't be as good as you can make it. So. Does something like that, though, it's all over the world, right, presumably, that yeah. show? So do, when you go somewhere, do you have, like, a, a group of unexpected fans in that? Sometimes randomly, but those things, it's funny, uh, the things that might take off and the things that don't. Uh, so, like, that, I really thought, oh, my God, well, I better enjoy my final moments <laughs> walking around. No difference, really. Not many people saw it, I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, it's for the things that take off and the things that don't. Like, I didn't expect when I was doing um, Living With Yourself that that would be so... I suppose because I put so much energy into my show, and it's done really well, and it's done well critically, and a lot of people have seen it, but it hasn't been like, you know, Derry Girls gets millions of people watching it, yeah. and... You know, it's been a slog to push it and promote it because it doesn't just take off like that. And loads of comedies sort of aren't as watched as you might think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Living With Yourself, that and, and the Netflix special as well, I was like, oh my God, it's going to have But it doesn't really work like that. Whereas Living With Yourself was the first thing I ever felt like something shifted, like suddenly got recognised the next Monday right. sort of thing, which was yeah. an odd feeling. Yeah. And you were on Taskmaster. How did you do on Taskmaster? I love Taskmaster? that you were on... That's interesting, but I'll ask a different question because I'm bored of it now. Uh, yes, Richard. Task, Taskmaster? Yes, I How was. You, you didn't win a single uh, show on, on Taskmaster. No, I do you know what it was? Even David Baddiel won one of his shows, I noticed. All right, Richard. And he was the worst contestant that's ever been on that. Well, this has been a I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter about not being on it. Sorry. Um, uh, have, has anyone seen Taskmaster? Does people watch Taskmaster? A lot of people like Taskmaster. Um, I swear to God. So we filmed that in 
like isolation, like a coronavirus experiment. And actually, that'll still do well after coronavirus because everyone has to be on their own doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the people who'll still win from it. Um, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> just had some bat soup for lunch, so I'm a bit coffee. Um, but I... Um, yeah, that you all film your tasks like months before you watch it back in the studio. And I swear to God, I thought... And you never know that day how you did. So they'll be like, thank you, Ashton. Goodbye. Uh, Alex will say and then you don't know how you did and I swear to God I was like I am a genius you know when you just know <laughs> you know when you just bloody know and I swear to God there's one where I'm not sure if you saw it there's like the seesaw and you had to think what'll make the seesaw even and I thought Alex can drive his car in and I'll get a cord and I really felt I was like oh my God I, there was a reason I watched so much MacGyver as a kid <laughs> and I'll tie the rope to the car and it's a great idea if you think about it and make sure it's even and then I'll tie that to the car and I just thought, ah Shane, you're fucking nailing it. You're brilliant. And then I went in and I was like, I could feel a sense of respect within the crew for me. <laughs> they're like, this girl has got it. And then, yeah, when they watched back in the studio, the rope fell off and it immediately went boom, like that. It just didn't work at all. And there were loads of moments like that I could not believe yeah. that I wasn't a genius. It was the first, I was like watching it. I was like, no, Really? Yeah, it was re- a real shock. I'm Looks like it's a it. fun show to be on, though, I imagine. Yeah, it's very... Yeah. All the tasks are very joyful. You can only imagine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ah, listen. Richard, um, you have this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Thanks know what so. to do. I, uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. No, it's okay. I'm only joking. It's a, it's a running joke. It's a running joke. Yeah, no, that's They'll have me on. They're just biding their time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not what they the, told me, but yeah. for the stars to alive. I'd be, I'd be good on it. I would definitely be good on it. Yeah, okay. <sighs> you just, would be brilliant at it. Some, let's do some more emergency questions. You would. Um, <laughs> my, well, well, so you've been filming a film that I don't know much about, but I've seen mentioned called Love Wedding Repeat. Is oh, that, yeah. Is what's, the, what's that doing? It is a rom-com, and I think it's out in April, maybe. Okay. It's also for Netflix, so not for the cinema, oh, it's for it? Netflix. It's a rom-com. Filmed it in Italy and uh, lived in a hotel. Recently in Italy or a while ago? <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> <coughs> it's got such a fever. No, it was just the other week. Um, North Italy we filmed it. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Uh, no, it, it was in Rome uh, last year. And loads of good people in it. Yeah. Tim Key's in it. Oh, yes, old Tim. Uh, Tim Key also was on Taskmaster. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, sure, everyone's been on Taskmaster. <laughs> They'll run out of people eventually. That's why the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have to come to me. Yeah. <laughs> they to <laughs> They're going, no. Um, uh, Frida Pinto's in it. Uh, okay. From Slum and Dog Millionaire. Yes. She's so gorgeous. Um, I just wanted to eat my dinner off her face. She's mm. so beautiful. Uh, That's salmon. my usual feeling when I see a beautiful woman. Yeah. Can I? I like. I prefer food to women now, to be honest. Yeah, if yeah I, I can tell dinner, from your I questions could, this if evening. I, if, I could, if I could just eat my dinner off something, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Some You'd women like have quite those... plate-like faces, though, isn't there's, there's... <laughs> some, there's some, some women have more of a plate. Like just women some, generally. Some people have. Well, not women and men. Some people have a sort of plate-shaped. So, face. do you think you'd be more attracted to a woman with a sort of dented yeah. face? Because you'd be like, "Oh, I could use that for a soup." Yeah. 
I yeah. think I would. Yeah, well, each to their own. Yeah. They say there's porn for everything now, right? <laughs> and you're just proving it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I think that'll be out in April. Uh, that was fun, but I, I, could, I can't now eat pasta anymore. It's a long time to spend. They don't have any other foods. It, there, well, there was one, myself and Eleanor Tomlinson became great pals. Eleanor is the flame-haired beauty from Poldark, and she's in it as well. And we um, just couldn't eat any more pasta. And there was one sushi restaurant, which is right beside our hotel. And we made the same joke every time we went in the door. We're like, when in Rome! <laughs> and just <laughs> ate sushi. Um, uh, but yes, that should be a bit of a jaunt. Yeah. A romp. Rome's nice, though. It is. I was staying in, like, the Oxford Circus of Rome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we were in quite the, like, uh, uh, like touristy-touristy bit yeah. of it all the time. And also, I think I get a bit of, like... Catholic triggering walking around going well it was fucking us Catholics that fought in Ireland in the rain who fucking paid for the cleaning of this building like, <laughs> who paid for who to hoover this ah, it was all our grannies putting pennies in the th- yeah. yeah I got a bit <laughs> but then also took loads of selfies being like oh beautiful child oh my god it's in the chapel um, yeah it's quite you can't move for churches it's sort no, of no like, there are a lot of churches but I like I, you know I'm not religious but I like, are you not Richard not really, but I, I like going to I like going around well, the Vatican feels a bit over the top for, yeah. for a Christian place. Feels like they were trying to cover something up. <laughs> like they were trying to distract us from something else. <laughs> uh, but uh, I like La Pieta, which is in uh, the St. Peter's yeah. Church of Jesus, and that's what we've talked about that before. That's, that picture is actually Mary holding him while he's like this, and he's going, But when is it International Men's Day? <laughs> <laughs> But if uh, that that leads me on to my one of my other new emergency questions that you definitely haven't answered, which is if you can have one item from any museum or art gallery, you're allowed to take one home and keep it. Any museum or art gallery in the world, which work of art or museum artifact doesn't have to be, and it doesn't even have to be valuable. It can just be a thing you like from a museum or an artwork. Which one would you keep? And I would hands? like from the entrance to um, uh, one of the big art galleries and I'm sure it's most of them um, the big box of hand sanitizer attached <laughs> to the wall because that is worth two million pounds <laughs> so that's what I'd take my friend answer. Kadeep who plays uh, Bradley in This Way Up my flatmate if you can see him was saying that his dad rang him up and said son you've got to invest in hand sanitizer. We're sitting on the new gold here. <laughs> Can you imagine someone being like on the face of like one of those Forbes magazines, like the Bitcoin guys, with just like hand sanitizer at the back because he'd invested early. In loads of hand I don't understand the toilet roll uh, shortage. I think the idea is that you'd wrap it all around you. <laughs> is it- what, when to mummify yourself when, you, yeah, when yeah, you're dead? Yeah, exactly. So your corpse can be yeah. found and revived. Actually, can I give a shout out to someone... Uh, uh, a brand called Who Gives a Crap and yeah oh do you guys know them they're a uh, kind of a charity business or social enterprise who you can buy big bulk orders of toilet roll and then they invest in um, areas around the world that need toilets and clean hygiene and then they give back uh, money to them so if you're trying to panic buy loo roll go to Who Gives a Crap do because I, I do that you get 48 rolls in a box I do it already and I've got a lot of toilet paper in my house so yeah. shouldn't have let that information out they'll be burglars yeah, now that's, that's the new telling that's someone you leave your Rolls Royce with the keys in it outside the door they're all, they're yeah. all wrapped up in little bits of uh, tissue it's nice <laughs> yeah you can probably use the tissue as toilet paper if you have to 
If it gets down to it. <laughs> what is it? Why are people taking toilet paper? Just you can just clean your bum under a. But have you never panic bought anything? I think that's like a panic. But I, you buy food, don't buy toilet paper. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, food is a good one, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, now that you say it, Richard, it seems completely obvious. Well, David Medill said something about that. They tweeted something about that, and I said, uh, I wondered if you, it's because you can eat toilet paper. So if you can only buy one thing, you buy, it's got two purposes. You can eat it, and then it might self wipe on the way out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like get you a get you a product that can do both. And actually, the, the who gives a crap stuff is made of bamboo. The, the yeah. Pit, so it probably has some nutritional value. Yeah, and actually, because pandas eat that stuff, and they look they look and all right. They're doing really well. Yeah, now, really aren't they? Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it started. Yeah. The pandas. There was millions of those fuckers, and they started worrying about toilet paper yeah. too much. <laughs> Have we got enough toilet paper? <laughs> It's more important than anything else. Um, we're coming to the end of the podcast. Oh, what? Is there anything else you would like to um, uh, talk about that's coming up? Got anything? I mean, there's enough going on there. You, you, you're, you're, not, you're off eight of ten cats now. Are you as the... Yes, you, I am. Yeah, yeah, Catherine's doing it now. Catherine yeah. Ryan has uh, taken on the... Uh, what's it called? A goblet? Yeah, taken on the goblet. That's yeah, what it's called exactly. there. She's taken the on gym, the goblet. The Jimmy Carter goblet. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, one thing that's coming out in April is a thing called Quiz, which is based on. Do you remember the coughing scandal? Oh which yeah. Maybe that's where coronavirus started. Yeah. Um, the coughing scandal and who wants to be a millionaire? Um, and so it, it got turned into a West End play, and then got turned into a TV show. And uh, Matthew, God, what's Matthew's surname? Matthew. McC- uh, no, no, Matthew. Um, he's from uh, Spooks, isn't he? Uh, yeah, just brilliant, Matthew. famous actor. In yeah. succession. Yeah, McFadden, McFadden. McFadden yeah. yeah, so lovely and brilliant. And uh, Shan Clifford of mm-hmm. Fleabag um, played the couple. And I have to say, doing it, I'm a truther. I don't think they did it. Ah, oh, they I, did it. I don't think they did it. No. They did it. They di- Do you know what else is interesting? And I mean, this is something we've all been talking about recently, is how the press can rip people apart yeah. and make... Like, for example, masks don't help you with coronavirus. After five minutes, your uh, breath creates air and moisture, so it's more dangerous to wear a mask because it creates a breeding ground for bacteria. Yeah. But the image everywhere, we've all been susceptible to this idea of masks because it's branded everywhere. Like at the time, there were what, six newspapers in the country and they were like, guilty, 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 coughing. So we all have this memory of them being guilty. Their whole lives, even if they did it, were ripped apart. Their dog was shot. Their tires were slashed. He lost his army pension and his kids had to be taken out of school. They lost everything for, like, I mean, look at the crimes that people still keep their jobs with. And they lost everything. And it just didn't seem... It was a trial by media mm-hmm. in the very early stages of that whoomph where everyone decided to have an opinion on it. So it's, it was really interesting. Like, um, I think even the people involved are like... They did something, but it wasn't the coughing. And the coughing was like... Lots of it was quite edited to make it look... So it's been a real interesting mm-hmm. project to be part of. You clearly are like, well, I believe what I believe. I, I, interview, I interviewed them on when I did my poker chat show. It was my first chat show I did on Poker Zone. Don't what? look it up. It's not there anymore. The Poker you did Zone a show on Poker I did, Zone? I did, I did a show on Poker Zone where I interviewed people who... Some professional poker players and some people who might have played poker once in their life. Uh, there were some people... There was a comedian on I didn't... I'd, I'd, it was so on the circuit that I'd never heard of. Uh, but they were... I think both of them came on. I like the, the, the lady major. 
Yeah. She's got a she's got a striking nose on her, and I like a girl. I like a girl with something to hang on to. Well, then watch she's this. Got a, she's got a big. Uh, got a big. That's not big enough sorry for me. To I'm sorry to give you a horn right in front of that's you, but there's not, a side profile. It's not, that's not big enough for me. It's not bad. It's on the way, but her, her Semi, nose. Yeah. All her, right. her nose is incredible. Mm-hmm. But they were they were uh, an odd couple. Yes, but and that's what. I think people vilified them for. Yeah. They weren't what they, we expected. They weren't answering or behaving the way we thought people should behave when they're on telly. And one of the things they said in their trial was they were being quite odd because they were trying to act like what they thought the British people want. They were passionate about the show. They watched and they're like, they were actively going, how do we win this thing? Well, clearly people who stay on longer are people who pretend they don't know the answers for a while, so it gives you more air time. Right. Like, they planned it like that. And I think they were, they were given a trial... That was like, oh, we think you're odd and we just like the story, so boo. So and you do you think he kept changing his answer because he was trying to add some tension yeah, to it? Yeah, yeah. You no, want to make no. a good show. Yeah. No. Yes. No. Yes. He goes, well, it's definitely not D. Uh, it could be C. No, it could be B. There was no. no, there was no. Is it D then? Oh, it is D, yeah. Also, you know, there were loads of people coughing all over. But they edited it. Richard, you're doing it the press did now. There were loads of people coughing all over the room and they yeah. just edited and, and highlighted her voice and ramped it up on the sound yeah. to make it sound like, oh, let's, uh, let's just put in clips of all of her coughing. So it was almost, I think, was almost the first version of like fake news when you cut stuff to fit your agenda rather mm. than what might have actually happened. Some things Why would they do before. that? Why did it? Because, they, because no one was supposed to win a million quid. That's the whole point. They wanted people to win a million quid. Chris Tant was desperate. <laughs> and loads of people won it. Why didn't they get... Look at you, you big armchair what? cynic. <laughs> Die down! <laughs> because they don't die. Who are they? Who are they, Richard? Uh, Chris Tant wouldn't lie. <laughs> He's a nice guy. He was in Tiswas. <laughs> I, what I wanted to do... Alma was on once and I was his phone a friend. Or he was asking me if I'd be his phone a friend. And what I <gasps> really? wanted to do... I was really desperate to get it. Just so that we get a minute. Hi, it's Chris Tarrant here. I was going to go, what, from Tiswas? <laughs> and then if he didn't say no from uh, who you want, I said, what, what, what are you doing now? What's going on now? <laughs> Why are you ringing me? Are you all right? What have you been up to since What's Tiswas? going on with you? How did you get my house phone number? <laughs> and then I was going to say, do you remember when you were in Lake Geneva in 1978? <laughs> Uh, a small child ran towards you who was really excited to see you and you got your whole family and jumped in the car and ran away. That was me. (laughs) (laughs) Did that really happen? Oh, you're so cute. (laughs) It might have been 79, something like that, yeah. Oh. I was 28 years old, that's it. That's right. We're going to have to wrap up. Yeah, when the audience is funnier than the people on stage, you're like, this is the time to end, without a doubt. Thank you for coming in with a bad bad tooth and stuff. Well, no tooth. I mean, no tooth, a big gaping hole in your mouth. They took four out last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. and one out today. Have you got any teeth left? Well, I feel like I'm going to be like that uh, uh, lady who gave Wayne Rooney a blowy uh, (laughs) by the end of the next year, if things keep going to plan. Well, uh, we was in love. (laughs) We was in love. Well, oh, I've never seen him do football. <laughs> we was in love. Yeah. 
I hope you'll come back on in four years' time. We'll see how your career is going. It's going up or down. I'll, I'll be the person. What I need I'm is going high. I'm just here I need to bring to, the tea. Sorry, it all I need to go. I need someone to go really high and then really low, so that I can yeah. then meet them in another. When I'm, do you know when it'll be? When I'll be right. doing like the 19th series of Taskmaster, and I'll be like, do you know what? They just said they ran out of people, Richard. <laughs> they started asking people back. <laughs> How have you been, anyways? <laughs> Well, I can't wait to see all that, 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 that. I can't wait to see that. Coffee yeah, no, that, that I, think it'll, I think it'll start the discussion up yeah. again. And in fairness to the drama, it's very balanced. It doesn't come down one si- hard one side or the other. Yeah. Um, and, and Shan and Matthew are brilliant. It's like watching the. What are you people. in it? Are you the cough? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> I'm answer one. I am the head of ITV who oh, wow. the show in the first place. Cool. Yeah. So, and I look real ugly in it. I look like I did on your last podcast. There was no makeup and it was real 90s. So lots of this sort of hair and kind of high-waisted jumpers and bad shirts and stuff like that, which is really fun to do, actually. Cool, I can't wait. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause. Ashley uh, B! £75,000 yesterday raised for refuge on International Women's Day. Well, come on. Ah, come sure. on. I'll see you back there. Thank you very much. Come back next week. Still some tickets. Go buy his stuff. He's selling his stuff. He's got two children. Two children. Have you no hearts? Two children. You have been listening to Rahalas Papa with me, Rich Terring, and my guest, Ashlyn B. Thank you to Pest. Uh, I hope they didn't start the coronavirus. Were they the pest that began it? I hope they're all surviving it very well. Uh, they're playing this music beautifully for us. I'd like to thank everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. I hope everyone is surviving the pandemic and the closed theatre. Thank you to Martin and everyone who works there, all the crew uh, and the bar staff. I hope to see you all again very soon. If you bought tickets to any of the uh, shows that were, ca- were cancelled, they hopefully will... Uh, we'll just redo the show so they will still be valid I would like to be thank my producer who I'm in debt to Ben Walker I'd also like to thank Chris Evans who's been a rock through these lockdown months and done fantastic work getting uh, podcasts and all of my other rubbish to you I'm in debt to my executive producer Douglas Courtney we called him Courtney Douglas on set it was very funny this is a fuzz sky potato and go faster stripe.com production Hey, I'd also like to thank Kathleen McKeegan uh, for running a fantastic website which helps me research guests I've had on before like Ashley and make sure I don't ask them the same things. Rahalastapa.com, I believe it is, if you're looking for it. Anyway, let's sit back, relax. No, thank you very much for listening. Uh, go to gofaststripe.com slash badges if you want to get lots of backstage interviews and go to twitch.tv slash rkherring to watch all this extra content don't forget if you're an amazon prime person you can subscribe and give us money for free from amazon ian amazon's very very deep pockets thanks for listening thanks for watching oh if you're not watching you're definitely listening now fuck right off fuck you Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. Gofasterstripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.